Thanks for tuning in to our Monday Night Godcast, an immersive and interactive discussion of the Bible. If you're listening to this right now, then I know for a fact that God has something for you. That's right, you. I'm glad you're here. Let's dive into God's Word and see what He has in store for us today. Chapter 6, verses 1 through um, till whenever, and then you can pop one. I'll start. Go for it. Daniel in the lion's den. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom a hundred and twenty princes, which should be over the whole kingdom, and over these three presidents of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might give accounts unto them, and the king should have no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and the princes, because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find none occasion nor fault. For as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. You said to him what? Uh, to whatever. And then you can pop one at any point. Then said these men, We shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Then these presidents and princes assembled together to the king and said thus unto him, King Darius, live forever. All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors, and the princes, and the counselors, and the captains, have consulted together to establish a royal statute, and to make a firm decree, that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for thirty days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. Pop one. Did you stop at seven? I stopped. Eight. At eight. Okay. So the next one will be... Starting at verse 8. Starting at verse 8. Okay, I was so confused. (laughs) I don't know how to say that, sorry. I was like, nah. And now, your majesty, issue and sign this law so it cannot be changed. An official law of the Medes and Medes Medes and Persians that cannot be revoked. So King Darius signed the law. 
But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its windows open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. Then the officials went together to Daniel's house and found him praying and asking for God's help. So they went straight to the king and reminded him about his law. They do not sign a law that for the next 30 days, any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except to you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions. Yes, the king replied, that decision stands. It is an official law of the Medes and Persians that cannot be revoked. All right, pause. Let's pause there for a second. What has happened so far? Daniel is breaking the law, but he's doing good. <laughs> the, so, law only, sorry, the law only exists because people were trying to accuse Daniel of anything that they could, so they made something up. Yeah. Yeah. What did it say about Daniel? How how did people view Daniel, or or what was observed about him? Couldn't really find anything to criticize him on. Couldn't find any fault. Right? Who? Uh, I I don't think anyone in 2023 could find any person in any governing authority at any rank and to, to search and search and search and to come up empty-handed and be like, can't find a single thing about this person. Just It's just not going to happen. Right? Doesn't matter what affiliation you are or if you're not affiliated with a certain party. Party or no party, you'll find fault in any person in power. Right? This isn't a, a political statement, it's just a statement. Um, but they they searched and they searched and they searched and they, they couldn't find a single thing wrong with Daniel. That doesn't mean that he never sinned, but they can't find any fault with him. So, exactly. They they made up a rule because, like, well, we can't accuse this guy of anything. He hasn't done anything. So, what we do know of this guy is he loves to pray to his God. Let's make it illegal for people to pray to anyone but King Darius. King Darius will like that. He's got himself a big ego, and he'll be all in favor for that and trying to bring together all these provinces and have everyone united under. Let's all focus on King Darius and hail him as a god. He's going to love that. Like, hey, Danny Darius, what do you think about that? He's like, great, sounds good to me. Signed, sealed, delivered. All right, there we go. Um, and so these these people go at it, and they get that rule into effect. Um, of course, in verse 7, they, they lied there. They said, we are all in agreement. We administrators, officials, high officers, advisors, and governors, that the king should make a law. Um... Yeah, they said, we are all in agreement. Well, Daniel was one of those people. He wasn't in agreement with that. They kind of went about this whole thing without him even knowing about it. If he was part of the decision, the decision wouldn't have come too. So they lied and said, hey, King Darius, we've all agreed about this rule. All except for Daniel, because we didn't tell him about it. But we all agree that this is a great rule that you should sign. And he's like, okay, sounds good to me. But the next 30 days, if you're caught... Praying to anyone else or worshiping anyone else, you'd be throwing lines then. 
What else? Any other observations so far? Yeah. Is this still in the Babylon? Or is this, this what, what kingdom is this? This is in... This is the Persian Medes kingdom, which is probably why it can't be revoked. Okay. So, like, because it's kind of a dual ruler mm -hmm. situation, it's like either king can do whatever they want, but you can't just backseize on it, is kind of the theory. Okay. Because I was, like, wondering, like, like, what's the reason? Like, I know... Like, so I was just trying to get a context of, like, why are they, like, trying to, like, do they not believe in God? And, like, is Daniel, like, the sole, yeah, so he was, he was, like, Jewish person here, or, like, pretty like, much, pretty much him, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, there were a few other Jews, um, which if you take it back, if, we didn't go through chapter one together, but if you read chapter one of Daniel, you'll see mm -hmm. that, um, they're essentially brought in a bunch of people, they put them through yeah. training and service, to serve the king. and to bring about the best of the best mm -hmm. to be able to serve the king. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were like the four who stood out above anyone else. They were appointed in the higher official, in the higher, in higher like official capacities. Um, what's that? It's a meme I made years ago. It says, "Oh no." It says, it says the Bible so says something. It says, "Oh, man's man's law. You cannot pray to your God only to Darius." Daniel. Oh no. Anyway. <laughs> nice. So I was wondering because the guy, like the people that are like, they're like make, trying to make up this law for like King Darius, like, oh, well, we'll just make a law that you can't pray to God, and then we'll be able to get something on him. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of it almost reminds me of like when the Pharisees, like in the future, with like when they're like they make up like, well, we want Jesus dead anyways, and then but, like even oh, I forgot his name. The governor, Pilate, yeah, even Pilate was like trying to make a defense for Jesus. He's like, This man's done nothing, y'all are like tripping for nothing. He's like, Well, he says he's king. And he's like, Is this true? And he's like, Yeah, and he's like, Well, is, do you want your king dead? He's like, No, there's only one king, and it's Caesar. They didn't really like Caesar, but they were kind of just playing it because they wanted him dead. So it's like the same thing, they don't really like Darius, probably. They just want Dan. No, I'm saying like the people don't like Darius, probably that much. They're just making it seem like, Oh, let's praise. Darius, so we can get on his good side, and we can just kill Daniel because we hate Daniel. I just, I was wondering if like, they're all like saying, I don't want to, I don't know what kind of God they're. Absolute crazy. great correlation to. Because it kind of seems Jesus. like the same. Like I don't feel like they're really all for Darius. Darius just has that big head. It's kind of like Caesar. They don't really care much about Caesar. But mm -hmm. They knew if they said, well, we only like Caesar, they're gonna be like, oh, okay, yeah, cool. They present this this King Darius with an opportunity. Hey, we're going to put you in the position of a god where mm -hmm. people should only worship you and bow down to you. What do you think about that? He's like, I like it. <laughs> um, but no, we we are going to come to that. Okay. So great observation of correlating that to to Jesus and not finding fault with him because we'll we'll hit on that. Um, what else? Any other thoughts, comments, observations so far? Okay. <clears throat> Sole purpose of this was to trap Daniel. Mm -hmm. Give orders that for the next thirty days. What happens when the month when the month is over? Like it just reverts back. Like I don't know how the law worked really at that time, but it's just funny to me that like, yeah, it's only this next month that you get to be like totally worshipped by all people because it's not. And to your point, Gary, it's not really about you. Like exactly. this is all about Daniel mm -hmm. and trying to get him Absolutely. to, you know. 
knowing Daniel's response, which is my second, like, just note of, like, <clears throat> when Daniel, it says, but when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, his immediate next step is to ask God what to do about it. To pray to God and say, hey, God, like, this happened. What's, because they walk in on him, and I think it's in verse... 11, then the officials went together to Daniel's house and found him praying and asking for God's help in how, I'm assuming, because it's not explicit in here, but how to now conduct himself and operate within this constriction and this law. I'm like, how awesome is it for us to look at that as an example of like, yeah, something comes down on you and it's unjust and you know it's unjust, you know it's unfair, you know it's not right, but in the midst of all of those things that you do know to turn to God and ask for his help and how to adjust and how to operate, how to look at this with his eyes and not your own. Like, that's what I see here. And I think that's so cool because regardless of what is being told to him that it is not right that you pray, he knows the truth of what is right for him to do. And his only next option, his only option mm -hmm. is to pray to God and ask for his help. So, I think that's cool. Yeah. I also like adding to that the verse before it's talking about him praying and giving thanks too, but similar idea of like Daniel has this law directly towards him and he's still like thanking God for all the great things he's done. Yeah, that's good. It's also like a good reflection of how we should act in those times. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I didn't know it until I was in the middle of this, um, of what exactly Daniel 6 would be about. You know, I just thought it was about Daniel in the lion's den and seeing how he chose, you know, to pray to God versus to listen to the, you know, the man's rule. But this is such a, a lesson on prayer like I never realized before. Verse 10, I think is, I think this is like the, the meatiest part of the, this whole chapter. When Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down, as usual, in his upstairs room with his with its windows open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he always has done, giving thanks to his God. How did Daniel pray? Hmm? As he always does. As he always does. Consistently. Consistently. Mm -hmm. What else? Tim gives us a lot of description of how he prays. What else? He was kneeling down. Kneeling. Had his windows open. Windows open. Windows open how? Towards Jerusalem. Towards Jerusalem. Yeah. What else? There's more there. Thanks. Giving thanks. Did someone say kneeling already? Yeah. yeah. Kneeling. So we have a very good visual of him actually praying. So, in, in the upper room, you know, this was his private prayer area. His prayer area, if you will. Hmm? What? Okay. Jeez. I snorted. <laughs> prayer area. I kind of like that. Sounds weird, but I kind of like it. Um, with his windows open towards Jerusalem, um, this is... Uh, if you look back at uh, 1 Kings 8, Solomon asked God to give special notice to the prayers of his people when they were praying toward Jerusalem and the temple. 
He said, And may you hear the supplication of your servant and of your people Israel when they pray toward this place. That was in 1 Kings 8.30 as well. Or 1 Kings, yeah, 1 Kings 8.30. So he's doing everything in a very specific way. He's kneeling down on his knees. Right? We see Jesus praying on his knees. We see Stephen, Peter, Paul, um, Luke. You know, kneeling is a begging posture. And we almost come to God as beggars. They're all, they know their place. They know that they're just the servant, that God is the master. They're kneeling down to God as they pray. Three times a day. I like this part that I found about that. Um, knowing that a little prayer is good, much prayer is far better. We must also remember that Daniel was one of the three governors of an empire, yet he still had time to pray. That does not tell you how often he prayed, but how often he was in the posture of prayer. Doubtless, he prayed 300 times a day if necessary. His heart was always having commerce with the skies, but thrice a day he prayed formally. Now, so, Daniel seems like he's the kind of guy who's just, his heart is always in the posture of prayer. Three times a day he specifically will go out of his way to make sure he is doing nothing but praying. He's most likely praying at all given moments throughout the day. Um, and it's, it's no surprise that the moment something comes up, his first thought isn't, let me go to the king and try to get this rule revoked. Let me try to go to the other officials and try to you know, reason with them. Let me try to do this. Let me try to do that. No, his first, his first go-to is, well, I'm going to pray about it. Mm. Oh, that's the, I can't pray? Oh, cool. I'm going to pray about it anyway. Kind of like he tithes his time. Like how we're supposed to like like tithe tithe and and like that ninety percent is supposed to be like you should like you kinda of like trust God with it. Like he prays probably throughout like he said the whole day. Like there's but he's saying like three times specifically mm -hmm. he does like a more ritualistic prayer to where he's like saying it's like this isn't more important than my other prayer. This but he's like trusting God with the rest of his time. Mm -hmm. He's taking like three separate times of the day. Like this prayer isn't probably probably not even his like special prayer because like he's probably praying even more like I'm trying I don't know how the words really put it but like he's like sacrificing time throughout his day to like give it to God mm -hmm. like he's giving this specific time to God saying I'm going to stop what I'm doing I'm going to stop worrying I'm going to stop trying to fix everything I'm just going to give time to you yeah. and go back when I'm still going to pray and then mm -hmm. he's just giving up time almost yeah he doesn't you know he's uh, to me one of the, the biggest things was seeing that like this guy's a ruler over an empire Three times a day, consistently, he'll make sure that he stops everything to pray. It doesn't say how long he's praying either. No, it doesn't. It says three times a day. This is mildly off topic, but I feel like I just thought about it. But when I went to Bosnia earlier this year, we did a tour, and I want to say they're Muslim, but they are very um, religious in the specific city where most are. And it's sunrise before each meal and sundown. Mm. Everyone in the whole town prays no matter where they are. And it's like a set. The whole bell rings, I think, like 15 minutes or so. Just to, obviously, they're a different faith than we are. But, like, that is, like, undivided time. And that's just, like, incredible to me. That, like, similar to Daniel. Like, they have these times that they choose 
to just sit and spend with the Lord no matter how busy their day is. Yeah. And like no matter what is happening, that's still like undivided mm-hmm. time. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, yeah, they, they do that out of religion and out of necessity as opposed to out of relationship. And like I want to yeah. spend time with you um, where Daniel is doing it out of, not because he has to, like he's literally, he's literally told not to pray now. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm still, this is still the most important thing I can. This is the, the most surefire way of having change is to pray. Um, but he, it, it, it's ingrained in him. It's, that's part of his heart posture of being in prayer. Cool. Anything else before we keep moving on? I was going to say one more thing. Mm-hmm. That I like the way how he does pray. Well, it's not he doesn't like really say the words he prays, but he's not giving fault to God. That he's not like like blaming God or like asking God, I know you've done this to me, but I'm still going to work for it. And you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like sometimes like when I pray, I go, I know this is a struggle and I know this is going to be hard. And I know you've done this for me, God, but I'm gonna, I am gonna. know you're just training me. But maybe, other than saying that, because like, I don't think God like made these people like make this law so to put David in this day. I think that he knew it was going to happen. He's prepared him for it. But like, he didn't put any fault on him. He just prayed to God saying, help me in this situation. Yeah. And I, like, when you were, it kind of started going with the Jesus thing. And so I was like, and like when Jesus was hung on the cross, he like, he prays to his father and says, they do not know what they do. Please forgive them. So he's like, he's not putting the fault like on anything on God. It wasn't God's fault for putting him in this situation. It wasn't, God doing this. It was the world that's done this to him that he's still, mm-hmm. he's just asking God for help. Yeah. And that, that reminds me, I, I missed the last part of, um, of one of his specific things of what he does when he prays. Giving thanks to his God. Even in this moment where he's, he was just singled out. You know, this, this was put into effect to trap him. Even when he was just put in a trap, he's still giving thanks. Exactly, like what you just said, Garrett. He's not questioning God. He's not mad at God. God, I pray to you, and this is this is what I get. Like, he's still giving thanks. I think part of that, I, I don't know this story well enough to know if this is actually what happens, but giving thanks in the sense that, like, even in our lowest of lows, like, you still know that God will get you through it, and that's what you're thankful for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes me think of, um, firm foundation that we've been saying, right? Like, I've got peace. What? I've got peace. Join that makes no sense. Oh. In the chaos, right? You know, and why can you have the peace in the chaos? Because Christ is his firm foundation. Well, not Christ, but God is his firm foundation here. Cool. So I think we are at. Okay, oh, yeah, 13 now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, verse 13. Anybody want to pick it up from there? Then they told the king, that man Daniel, one of your captives from Judah, is ignoring you and your law. He still prays to his God three times a day. Hearing this, the king was deeply troubled, and he tried to think of a way to save Daniel. He spent the rest of the day looking for a way to get Daniel out of this predicament. In the evening, the men went to give, went together to the king and said, Your majesty, you know that, I, that according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, no law but the king's signs can be changed. So at last the king gave orders for Daniel to be arrested and thrown into the den of lions. The king said to him, May your God, whom you serve faithfully, so faithfully rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den. The king sealed the stone with his own royal seal and the seals of his nobles so that no one could rescue Daniel. 
Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night fasting. He refused his usual entertainment and couldn't sleep at all that night. Very early the next morning, the king got up and hurried out to the lion's den. When he got there, he called out in anguish, Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God, whom you serve so faithfully, able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, Long live the king. My God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouth so that they would not hurt me. For I have been found innocent in his sight, and I have not wronged you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and ordered that Daniel be lifted from the den. Not a scratch was found on him, for he had trusted in his God. Popcorn. I wasn't take it from 24. Finish it off through 28. I can finish it. Go for it. And the king commanded, and they brought those men who had accused Daniel, and they cast them into the den of lions them, their children, and their wives. And the lions have the mastery of them, and break all their bones in pieces, wherever they come at the bottom of the den. Then King Darius wrote unto all people, nations, and languages, that dwell in all of the earth, peace be multiplied unto you. And made a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom men tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God, and steadfast forever, and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed, and his dominion shall be even unto the end. He delivered and rescued, and he worked signs and wonders in heaven and in earth, who had delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius, and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Awesome. So what happened after, uh, or what else happened here? God saved him. It almost makes me re like imagine the character of the king and his reaction. Because it's almost like King Darius he was short sighted in what the administrators and officials and everyone was bringing to him. But he he didn't he didn't have the intent to undergo what he did because it's almost like he's surprised in a way which is why I say short-sighted and like you didn't think that Daniel you knew did you know of Daniel's faith right because he says it the way he talks makes it sound like he does um, you know that uh, Daniel serves the living God may your God whom you serve so faithfully rescue you so he had some idea of Daniel's faith and Daniel's practices <clears throat> So then, like, why even make the law in the first place? Like, it's he just seems not necessarily this egotistical, power-hungry king, but more so just one who lacked wise counsel and one who <clears throat> was impulsive and regretted. In the evening, the men went together to the king and said, Your Majesty, we know that according to the law, you know this. And he had spent the whole day trying to figure out a way to get Daniel out of this kind of trouble. So it's very interesting to me the way that God uses people just in general, but also like God's intent for the king here was not to use him to hurt Daniel or anything. Like, does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm not making yeah. sense. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good observation. I think that's interesting. Um, while we're on that topic, at the end of all this, what do you guys think um, King Darius's... Um, <clears throat> spiritual condition is 
changed? Do you think he now believes in the God that Daniel believes in? What do you guys think? I think he acknowledges or he kind of like somewhat of a fear of this God, of Daniel's God, or of God, because when he sees that, he goes, he sees that something's clearly happening that he has no power or control over, and he even like declares like openly like. Like he makes, like he said, he makes a law of like all the languages saying that this is the living God. This is the one, like almost saying this is the one true God. And I think it is weird. It's a strange conviction that I don't know if he believes in it or he's just, he's definitely changed to say the least. Like he's, he sees it, he knows it's working. And, and I'm thinking beforehand, because I didn't read four or five, like Darius might have even, like, like Daniel because of this king. I'm sure they know of who Daniel is and what he's done in the past with other things. So, okay. I don't know if he's a believer. I'm curious if other people have some. I'm assuming he doesn't pray. But, I think also the king is more of a witness. He becomes a witness of Daniel being saved from the lion's den. Um, he fasted, you know, and he fasted. And sometimes... I think that fasting was also kind of praying too, because he withheld food, he withheld his desires for the sake of wanting to help um, his fellow men. So even with that, and so the miracle brought before him of Daniel being saved from the lion's den, he had a, he did have a faith. He was like. I don't know this God, but I want to believe that this God will save Daniel from the dead. And when he said that, when he asked um, Daniel, hey, did did your God save you? And he did. Um, that's when he was like, okay, <laughs> this is the living God. Let's, let's decree. Um, so he became a witness. And I do believe that the king Darius sort of changed his belief or at least his outlook on the faith, okay. on his faith too. Any opposing thoughts? Uh, yes. Okay. I would argue that he is. I would argue that his decree for he is the living God is evidence enough as much as we can say any of the past years of faith believed that he believed that this God of Daniel was the living God. His, he will endure forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed. His rule will never end. He rescues and saves. To Lauren's point about being a witness, like he's a witness of that. He performs miraculous signs and wonders in the heavens. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. And I think you, as the power and positioning that he is, would not put out a decree to all people of all nations and all different tongues to say, hey, this is the God. Like, it just because he doesn't say, before my God, I don't think that doesn't make him not a believer in the true God, in the God of Daniel. Because that is who he is. He's the God of Daniel. Just, doesn't, just because he doesn't take ownership and say, my God, does not mean that he did not believe and does not have that faith. And also to actually, I just thought about this to add to 
your point, it also seems as though he put God above him because they decreed, sort of tricked him into <laughs> decreeing that he himself is a God. And then he like put an added layer, like let, let's put the layer on, no, this is the living God, so I will put, in a way he did put him, uh, the living God. He did put God before him in, a, in, in that way. I don't know, in my translation, it, I don't think it says, that he's like his god, but he did put the god above himself. Okay, so. cool. I was just curious about your guys' thoughts, and I, I actually had, um, actually had the opposite thought. Um, at, reading it at first, I had those thoughts of like, well, it seems like he had a real, you know, one eighty here, and really like changed his mind and went from like, you know, I, I, I also don't think he had maybe like bad intentions with it. I think he was just kind of big headed and had a big ego and was like, yeah, let's, you know, yeah, I mean, can worship me for the next 30 days. I like that. And, and then after this, he's like, oh man, that didn't go too well for this guy that I like, Daniel. Um, my thought was actually um, that a little bit opposite of what you just said, but I, I don't think there's necessarily a right or wrong answer. And like, it doesn't say, and we won't know, you know, until we get to heaven and be like, yo, Darius, you here? <laughs> um, but to... My thought was that, or a thought that I come across as well, was um, uh, that we see a little bit of Darius's spiritual condition. It isn't enough to say the God of Daniel, but Satan Faith says the God of Darius. Um, I think he definitely recognizes that God is real. Daniel's God is real. I don't personally see him as that being enough of a life-changing thing for Darius, for, for him to change how he goes about his life. I see it as he is open and willing to declare that, hey everyone, Daniel's God is legit and you know his kingdom will never be destroyed, his rule will never end, which is a pretty powerful thing for a ruler to say about another ruler, to be like, this God is real and his kingdom will never end. That's a pretty powerful thing because Darius's kingdom will end one day. Mm. Um, but for him to acknowledge that is is pretty uh, pretty significant. But I don't know. That it's just one thought. I, I, I don't have a full conclusive thought even that like he is saved or he's not. It's just interesting to me that he continues to choose to say, um, you know, fear of the king of Dan the God of Daniel, um, as opposed to like God or my God or it's just. Just a thought, not a full, complete one way or the other, but these are all good observations. I feel like the king is like at this point now where like he heard about God and then he saw God move and he was like, okay, I could maybe believe this, but I need to do more investigating. Um, I think it's interesting, like in verse 27, of he rescues and saves his people and performs miraculous signs in the sense that, like, I think the king believes that it's happening and he sees that it's happening but he hasn't accepted it for himself yet and he's not at a point that he's accepted his God working in his life. Yeah. Like he's not at that point quite yet but has transformed in that he's seen God do incredible things but isn't like fully convinced. 
Just a question. Do you think that he took he's taking more of a Roman's approach? Like believing that like having that all God like that there's Like hey, this is one more God. Yeah, like like that is worth praising and worshiping. Right, right. Like having that all inclusive perspective. Or Um, he does acknowledge him as the living God. He doesn't ever say in this short decree he is the only God or all other gods don't exist. He is the only true God. He doesn't say anything along those lines. So I I wish there was more about Darius for us to read so that we could kind of see more of like, did he have a complete 180 in his heart? Did he come to know God and worship God? And did he choose to live his life for God? We just don't know. Uh, but they're all they're all good observations. I think, like, Darius, like, really, like, 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 I don't know, like, loved Daniel, but he really liked Daniel. So, like, when they were, when he was saying he was trying all day to figure something mm-hmm. out, I think his last resort was, like, well, I know Daniel is a religious man. If he believes so hard that this God will save him, then I will believe Daniel's belief kind of thing. When he's, like, I will believe in Daniel's belief that will, that will save him. Because he literally says, may your God rescue you. Mm-hmm. Like, when he's throwing you in there. I think he was saying, like, really hope your God rescues yeah. you, because I don't want you to die. <laughs> type thing. I hope you're believing in the right thing. Yeah, exactly. So I think he was believing in Daniel's belief, or being like, I hope Daniel's belief is gonna going to be enough to save him. Yeah. Type thing. Mm-hmm. Who got a better night's sleep? Daniel. <laughs> Daniel? With lions? Or the king in his palace? Daniel, Daniel. 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 Doesn't want his entertainment. He just can't sleep. Maybe he has a bad conscience. Maybe um, he's just like, I don't know, he's just regretting, you know, living with anxiety of, I just sentenced this, this great man to die. Daniel's in there with the lions. A stone was rolled over. It's pitch black. He's in there with lions. And yet, he had a much calmer of a night with the lions. Why? Because it's faith. It says in verse 23, um, Not a scratch was found on him, for he had trusted in his God, for he had faith in his God. Not a scratch. Does that remind you of anything from last week? It didn't even smell like smoke. Single thread on their clothes was scorched. What was the only thing that was consumed in the fire when they were thrown into the fire? The ropes that bonded them. The ropes that bonded them. The only thing that were consumed in the fire was what bound them. Nothing. They Daniel didn't have a single scratch from the lion's den. But we see that it wasn't just some odd reason that the lion, you know, maybe the lions weren't hungry, maybe they were, you know, whatever. No, because the moment Daniel comes out, 
They throw his accusers in, along with their wives and children, the whole family. Why'd of, they do that? <laughs> Why'd they go to the kids? <laughs> like, it, was, it was essentially guilt by association, the, the whole family. Um, but the, they didn't even, it says in verse 24, the lions leapt on them and tore them apart before they even hit the floor of the den. Daniel was in there for an entire night, doesn't even get one little scratch on him. The accusers, before they even hit the ground, they're already torn apart and destroyed. It just goes to show what faith can do. I think it it's like a good reminder of like your heart posture in certain situations and that like it's showing that even in a not great situation, like Daniel still had faith and was at peace with that. And like if you compare both like being in a lion's den versus being in a king's palace, obviously a king's palace sounds great, but like the king didn't have God by his side and like had a terrible experience and like I'm trying to put all my thoughts into words. <laughs> but essentially like the experience itself doesn't always matter as long as you have faith in God and trust that he will bring you through whatever you're going through. And that like, I've gone through so many worse situations in my past that were terrible, and then I've gone through them again, but having God's faith that I will get through it makes it way different of an experience. Mm -hmm. For sure. Haley, to answer your question, um, there was an ancient custom among the Persians um, that wrote, the law among them are formidable, by which on account of the guilt of one, all the kindred perish. All the kids will suffer as well. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I have a question. So, like, I don't know if it's just a translation thing, or... Because, like, when we're talking about, like, King Darius having, like, a hard time at night sleeping, and doesn't even eat, doesn't even, like, because, like, even when instruments are brought to him, saying, like, I'm like, no, not even doing all that right now. Because, like, in this, in the translation, it says, then the king went to his place... And passed the night fasting. Neither were instruments of musik brought before him, and his sleep went away from him. It's like where I'm like I'm fifty fifty on Darius, whether or not he had actual like he changed his heart or not. Because then like another verse of course he like throws them into the den. He's like, well, when I saw God work, I'm still gonna kill all these people. But in here it says like he's like he's choosing to fast, or like because I don't know if that's just a word used to say I didn't eat last night. Because like when I forget to eat. I don't say I'm fasting. I just say, well, I was nervous and I didn't eat because I was sick or I was nauseous or this and that. I don't like go and say I passed the night fasting. I don't know if that's just a word they're using because he didn't eat, but I like because maybe like because I'm assuming that Darius because of the way he cares about him, he knows Daniel, and maybe he's fasting because he's seen Daniel fast before and pray, and maybe he's thinking in his mind, well, if Daniel's doing it, and he doesn't have any food in his den right now. Maybe he's trying to like make sure he survives the night, because he's like maybe trying to pray. Maybe this is him trying to pray to God or fast to God. I don't know. I was just maybe it's a stretch. No, that, that's really interesting. Because, because he's fasting and he knows that Daniel fasts and he prays. So maybe he's trying to do the same thing. Maybe he's like, well, let me. I'll give it a shot too and see what happens. That's why in the morning when he arrives, he doesn't say he wakes up. He arises from where he was and like runs to the den, the den to see maybe if his fasting did something. And that's, like, why he got such a strong conviction at the end. Because he saw that when he fasted, and I'm 
damn, he's probably fasting. Maybe forcefully fasting, but he's fasting. I don't know. I just that's the kind of how I don't know if that is just a translation thing or. I feel like fasting typically means. Because I think he chose not to eat. Because I just think it wasn't yeah. like he was anxious about. It. I think he like he chose not to eat. He chose to stay awake. Maybe the waking was like kind of an anxious thing, but. Choosing to eat out of anxiety versus choosing not to eat out of anxiety. Yeah. It's way different. This is King James version. Yes, but then, uh, but then uh, I, that's uh, what I'm also saying because like King James version will add some like stupid like like husband made like. <laughs> but even like, that word makes no sense, but that means gardener, and I'm like that yeah. that doesn't make any sense to me. But like that could be something, like fasting, and and that could just be a word using as yeah, did I'm, not I'm not eat. Sure. But it's interesting they say that versus just well, yeah, because, did not eat because my like, version also says fasting. Because oh. it also says like petition to other gods and men, and God never. I guess petitioned anything. He just prayed to him. Mm-hmm. So there's two different words used in here. That the law was to petition against a god with to a god, or I don't know what that word exactly means. But Daniel prayed, and that's what they accused him of, and that might be why Darius uh, said that you falsely accused Daniel of petitioning to another god. I don't, I don't know what that all means. I don't have an answer as far as the, uh, fasting because it doesn't say that he was praying and fasting. Um, it just says fasting, so I, I don't exactly, know. That's why. I mean, fasting in general is just a term to describe not eating. That's what I thought. Um, okay. A lot of times it's associated with Christians as praying yeah. and doing it for a reason. But as, you know, it, the reason it's called breakfast because we break a fast. Right. Um, it's, so just going from nighttime to the morning, well, you now are breaking your fast at breakfast. Okay. Um, but I don't know. You know it doesn't say, so I, I don't, I'm not going to make any sense yeah. one way or the other, too. I just wanted to was like another. But it's a good question. Um, a few other things I want to get through here. We see in verse 23 that Daniel was saved because of his faith. Um, that even though uh, though his cause was righteous and he was unjustly accused, those things alone did not protect him from the lions. Daniel needed a living, abiding faith in God, even in the most difficult situations. It's because of his faith that Daniel is recognized in Hebrews 11.33 as one of the as the one who, um, as the one who by faith shut the mouths of lions, and actually, so if we can turn there real quick, Hebrews eleven thirty three. This is of the heroes of the faith. Hebrews eleven thirty three. Everyone, take that or give a few more seconds. Small little book, easy to miss. Anyone take that? This verse 33 for right now. I will once I find it. By faith, by faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions. Awesome. Actually, go ahead and read from the, the next verse as well. Sure. Quenched the flames of fire and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to, fl- to flight. Women received their loved ones back again from death. Awesome. Hebrews 11 is the heroes of the faith. Great examples of faith, right? It starts all the way back from the beginning. It starts about, um, you know, by faith that we understand that, you know, the entire universe was formed at God's command. By faith, you know, Abel. By faith, Enoch. By faith, Noah. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Sarah. 
you know, all of these people doing these things by faith, Abraham, Isaac, um, Joseph, who else we got here? Moses, Moses, uh, talks about Moses, uh, his parents sending him and, you know, in the, in the basket. And then by faith, Moses, what he all did there, um, by faith, the people of Israel, you know, went through the Red Sea by faith, rehab, Rahab the prostitute, by faith, you know, and it talked about all these people, Gideon, Barak, Samson, all these other people, David, Samuel, and then the unnamed, we know it's Daniel, by faith, shut the mouths of lions. Now, Daniel did nothing. He didn't shut the mouths of lions, but his faith did. His faith in God is what closed the mouths of the lions. Makes me have a question for me and for all of I us. I didn't understand that. Holy moly! <laughs> I didn't say that. Wow. <laughs> a question? I can answer questions. <laughs> We're in the moment, man. This, this brings about a question for all of us. What can your faith do? Personally, what can God's faith do? If Daniels can shut the mouths of lions, what can yours do? If Moses' faith can part the Red Sea and bring people through, what can God's faith do? If Abraham's faith can you know, bring him about a sacrifice, what can McCabe's faith do? If Sarah is a hundred years old and wants to have a baby and was told she could have a baby, what can Jackie's faith do? <laughs> <laughs> Noah's faith about building a boat, right? What, 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 what good is your faith? What can it do? Shut them out of the lions? Bring them out of the fiery furnace? A little later, I might play the song uh, Cutlass, uh, by Cutlass, What Faith Can Do. What Faith Can Do. You got it. Right? Um, but we see that kingdoms, by faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, received what God has promised them, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, escaped death, weakness turned to strength. Loved ones back from the death. Armies put to flight through faith. So, Garrett, you had mentioned earlier you correlated um, Jesus to Daniel. And so I've got some comparison points here. But I, I saw something similar, and I looked into it, and I saw, yeah, it's right there. There are a lot of comparisons, and there are also differences, um, but we see a lot. In, in Daniel, we see a very similar pattern throughout the book of Daniel of God's people standing firm in their convictions and God honoring and protecting them, and that their testimonies of God makes the ungodly see and tell of the greatness of God. We see over and over, right? I mean, just in the, we didn't read through all the first few chapters, but we see time and time again, um, uh, sorry, one second here. 
You know, Daniel and his three friends standing firm against, you know, uh, Nebuchadnezzar. And Daniel, wisely interpreting the dream, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in fire, and then also them not eating the, the food that they were told to eat. Daniel here, um, you know, before the king with his prayer. All, and we've seen time and time again, there are other examples in there as well throughout the book of them standing up for what they believe in. Alright, so Jesus and Daniel comparison here. Um, so, Jesus and Daniel. A man without blame, faithful to God in all his ways. A man noted for prayer, sent to his death because of the jealousy of those who wanted to prevent his exaltation. That's both of them. Both of them were condemned to death by the plotting of their enemies and the law of the land and were thrown into a room that was sealed with a stone. But in all, in all its power, death couldn't touch either one of them. In the morning, the stone was rolled away from both of their tombs, and they came out victoriously. They glorified God, and the pagans gave honor to God, and his enemies were judged. So there are differences, of course, as well. Jesus died and was raised. Daniel didn't die. Um, Daniel faced death because, keyword because, Daniel faced death because of human sinfulness and pride. Meanwhile, Jesus, Jesus experienced death for human sinfulness and pride. In Daniel 6, uh, the, the enemies of God, you know, the, the other uh, wise men, they themselves were thrown into the, uh, into the lion's den versus the wonder of the cross is that Jesus went there to be punished by God so that his enemies would never have to be. We have Daniel's enemies were thrown into the lion's den. They were then turned around into the trap that they set up for Daniel. Meanwhile, God went to the cross so that no one else would have to go to the cross. And the story of Daniel, it's, it's not exactly the same of that of Jesus, but the picture of what's happening here is close, that we can see an example, a pattern of what would happen to God's truthful, true faithful servant. And I think it's really cool to, to kind of see that comparison, but also the differences, to, to see how they both were falsely accused. They didn't, they didn't fight back. You know, they said, they said you know, yeah, there's, there's a, a, a place and a rule that's put in place here. Um, I'm not being disrespectful. I'm just respecting God. And I'm not choosing to disobey you, but I'm choosing to obey God. Right? It's not a matter of Daniel being like, I'm not doing this because I'm because you're not the boss of me. But he's like, I'm God's servant. And he says, to pray, I'm going to pray. 
Because you say don't pray, well, he still has higher authority. Any other thoughts, comments, questions, observations? I think it's also interesting because, like, on the side here, I was reading this and it said it literally also points to Jesus, like, Jesus and Daniel are unjustly accused. And then I think it's even cool how, even to the part to where King Darius and Pilate were both like, we don't want to kill this person, but they went with it anyway. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like it's just crazy. And then also to think the pit and the tomb are like, symbolize that they're kind of the yeah. same like a stone was rolled up. Mm-hmm. like I mean it, come on <laughs> it's like it's right there it's like you might as well just copy paste <laughs> but I do like at the end where it says Daniel didn't experience death and Jesus did Daniel didn't defeat death in his own power but Jesus did mm-hmm. Daniel and Jesus were both faithful to God but Jesus conquered death so that all believers can have victory over sin and death through him so I just really think that was just cool how even Pilate and King Darius were kind of the same. Mm-hmm. Not like the same, same, but like the fact that they were like, eh, we really don't want to do this, but they did it anyway. Yeah. Absolutely. Anyone else? Anything? Bluetooth. Connected. Okay, well, here is Cutlass, a song by Cutlass, What Faith Can Do. Thought it was appropriate for giving the question.
God, we thank you for this evening. Thank you for your word. Thank you uh, for seeing Daniel's example, for how to go about standing up when, when rules are put into place that contradict your word, that your word rules supreme over all other authority, um, that he is a great example of how to do it respectfully and how to do it in the right way of how to choose to honor you over what man says to do to do it boldly, to do it without without even wavering or, or worrying about, should I still continue to pray? But he prayed because that was the posture of his heart, to always be in prayer. Help us to, to take Daniel as an example, to, um, to come to you as a first response, not as a last resort. Um, to come to you the moment when something comes up, not as after we've tried everything else our way and we can't figure it out, to now come to you. Help us to to always have you as our first one to go to. Um, help us to continue to, to have a posture of prayer, to just live in your word and to live in constant communication with you. And I pray blessings over everyone and that uh, you would continue to just make yourself more known to everyone each day, that, that your love would just continue to feel more and more real, that we would feel your presence tangibly, um, and that you would let your will be done in each of our lives to help us surrender our lives to your will. Um, not because it means that we'll come out without a scratch on us, because that's not always the case, uh, but we do ask for your protection in those situations. Hey, thanks for listening. It's always a good time when God's presence is with us. I hope you enjoyed it, and that you tune in again for the next episode of The Monday Night Godcast.